Seven Mistakes to Avoid as a Coach. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Hello, Rory. How are you? Hey, I am doing great, Paul. It is glad to have you here. I'm I'm glad to be here. Really glad to be here. It is good to be here. Good to be vertical. Good to be alive. Yes, absolutely. Um, this I'm excited about today's topic because mm-hmm. it's really it's this is the perfect one for those people who are new to our podcast. But what this podcast does mm-hmm. is that what we do is try to take what we try to do is try to open up the brilliant mind of Rory Roland and <laughs> talk about that. the idea of coaching <laughs> and how you can apply it to. Uh, developing your own potential, but also your organization's potential. That's exactly right. And we just want to help people grow. And these are some of the mistakes we've seen people say. So uh, I had my friend Clinton Wilson do an interview with him, and he talked about mistakes that he's seen and with his coaching uh, situations and what I see, and then just kind of share the knowledge with folks. And, and what's exciting about this is that the people who've, who've been following this podcast, they, they don't make mistakes, you know, but this is for those new folks. This is actually for me. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is for all of us who's made mistakes. And um, you're talking to Clinton again, who uh-huh. is, it's, um, he's kind of, he's kind of the fifth Beatle on the show in a way. Exactly. He's, he really brings a lot to it. And we want to bring, you know, a different voice mm-hmm. and a different experience to you every once in a while. But this is your conversation. And um, what else do, do everyone was, need to it, know about it? It was just a conversation we had last week and uh, we wanted to play it for folks in the podcast. Okay. Here, Here is Rory and Clinton. Take it away. So here we are today with Clinton Wilson. He's a coach out of Louisiana, and he and I today are going to talk about the seven mistakes to avoid in coaching. So Clinton, glad to have you here today, buddy. Thanks a lot, man. It's good to be here. I love talking about mistakes because it's always the funnest thing in the world to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we all have them, and it it happens, and we go from there. That's right. So perfect. So, um, you know, what, from your perspective, you know, is there is there any one mistake that a that a manager makes that you know that that concerns you? There are a few, and I have a few on my list. I know you had a few that you right. wanted to talk about as well. And right, the number one thing for me, and I'm going to talk about it here in just a little bit, is misidentifying right. the problem. That's my biggest one. I'm going to talk okay. about another one before that, but I want to hear yours first. And I believe it's uh, okay, kind of delaying it a little bit, right? Well, that, that I think is the biggest issue that I see for all managers is they just delay it. What they want to do is they really want to, you know, they really want to manage the issue effectively, but they say, well, if I just wait for the right time or I wait for the right moment or this isn't the best time to do it. And so they say, or they think in the back of their mind, hmm, maybe this might go away and it never goes away. That's the unfortunate thing. Yeah. It never goes away. And I know for so me, this it, it, it's a feeling of anxiety. You just don't want to confront it, right? Mm-hmm. That fear, that anxiety, all of those things make it difficult to want to do this. And so we all face those challenges as a coach. So what are some ways around doing and it's, that? Just get on with it? <laughs> well, it, you've really got to get to the mindset of you just got to pull the Band-Aid off. And it's really almost like I would relate it to a rock in your shoe, uh, you know, a small pebble, piece of sand, you might be able to walk with it a while and it doesn't bother you too much. But then, you know, there's, there's sometimes a rock gets in your shoes and it's just the right spot that just drives you crazy. Right. And I kind of use that as the, the key. 
You don't want to always coach people from a perspective of a problem. The reason we call this coaching for potential, we want to focus on the person, not the problem. Yeah. How do we help them improve? How do we help them develop? And so if we stay away from focusing on the problems or the mistakes that they make and looking at the potential and how we can help them grow, because most people that I see, and I'm sure you see this too, employees have positive intentions. There's negative intentions and positive intentions. And most people have positive intentions. They don't mean to screw up. They don't mean to make a mistake. But it happens because the way they look at things or their mindsets or their perceptions. And so what we want to do is recognize, let's go ahead and talk about that. Because when my clients you know, point out to me that I've made a mistake, and I do from time to time, when they point out to me that I've made a mistake, I, w- I welcome it. I relish it. Because it's a way for me to improve. And I look at myself as a painter. Do you want the room to be green or blue or orange? I don't care what color you want it to be. I want you to be happy with the color that you pick. And if I've started with a color that's a little bit off what you want and you want to tweak it, just tell me. We'll pull out the palette and I'll make sure I hit the, the color scheme that you want. So many times people delay it, don't bring it up to people's attention, and therefore the problems occur and it makes it much more difficult to coach effectively. So... That's, I think that's one of the keys with delaying is you don't want to do that uh, too much. Right. And then the, the, the next thing that you're going to talk about, if I remember correctly, is, is questions, the challenges of questions, the mistakes that we make as, as coaches with questions. And just give us, give us your first thought on that, the mistakes that we make as coaches with regards to questions. So I'm going to tie it in a little bit to what you just said, where you said you want to kind of just rip off the bandit, right? You want to get in there and do it. And sometimes we do that same way with questions. We want to jump right to the point and just say, why did you do this? (laughs) And it's an attacking question. You jump right in because you're afraid maybe of what the answer will be. Uh, One of the things that I, and I did this as a manager, and I thought I was a great manager, is I said, do you think you should have done that? (laughs) (laughs) And what are they going to say to that? that? Here, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to do a Dr. Phil question. Yeah. How'd that work out for you? Exactly. And I got one-dimensional answer. There was no growth out of it. It was very one-dimensional. It was very directed at one thing that I saw as the problem that may not have been the problem. And one of my favorite Mm. things is whenever a manager feels like they already have the problem figured out, and and let's say I'm the, the person they're coaching, and I say, well, here's what I think the problem is. Let's say I'm having a difficult time talking to my customers or my members. And the ball says, well, do you think it would be a good idea if you dressed better? And do you think your dress code maybe has something to do with that? (laughs) And you're thinking, where in the world did that come from? And it makes me feel, as an employee, I wasn't listened to, first of all. And why did you even ask me a question to begin with? And that's the tough Mm -hmm. thing, because you think as a coach, I'm doing the right thing by asking these questions. But instead, what you're doing is you're putting your perspective on the problem and not getting theirs. There's a great book right. for this called "Help Them Grow" or "Watch Them" uh, or "Watch Them Go" by Beverly Kay and uh, Julie Winkle. And in that, they say, "Imagine if the job interview was the beginning of an ongoing conversational thread throughout someone's imagine you uncover layer upon layer of your employee's skills, abilities, interests, and more right up to the day they retire." And that was such an interesting perspective for me to understand what questioning is. So mm. you're doing it every time as if a job interview because you want to know more about them. And that is a great perspective for people whenever you find yourself just <laughs> barging right into a question. Am I trying to find out about this person to see if they're a good fit? 
or and am I helping them get towards what I think their potential could be with our company, or am I just asking them to get done with the problem? Yeah, and I think another big key for me with regards to that is, and I and I don't know who gave me this quote and where I read it from, but it was out of a coaching book. But I just thought it was a great concept. And sometimes we don't listen because if we do, it might require us to change. And I think that's such an important key for managers just to recognize that is if we if we don't listen, uh, it's because we may not want to change. And if we don't want to change, then our employees pick up on that. Our employees know that. So if we're asking them to change, we've got to be just as malleable. We've got to be just as focused on how do we improve and how do we get better. And I think that's an important key. But the why question we want to avoid because all it does is make people defensive. It puts people on, uh, they feel like they're under attack and they just focus on their mistake rather than the potential for growth. Exactly. And that puts us in completely the, the wrong direction. Oh, e exactly. So another one you wanted to talk about is dumping on someone. Now you're going to have to explain that one. <laughs> yeah, dumping is, is a great one. It, and it really comes up, all right, you've delayed, which was the first topic we talked about, the first mistake. Uh, now you've waited, and all of a sudden you've made your Christmas wish list. Uh, so not only do you have <laughs> one mistake that you want to work on, yeah, you got a whole list now. And you didn't check and the list so, twice either, right? You just kind of went into it. No, you didn't check the list yeah. twice, and, you, and, you did, and you've got them on the naughty list. Okay. So they're not on the nice <laughs> list. You got them on the naughty list. And so you just go in and you just say, we've got, there's a number of things we need to talk about. And that's not a coaching session. That's a dumping session. That's designed to make you feel better as a manager, but is it really designed to make them better as employees? So I think that's just one of the important keys is to try to stay away from dumping, trying to stay away from just making an entire list and focus on a coaching session that you focus on one or two or three things. Even with major goals that you establish for employees, you can only have one or two or three goals that are major goals that you want to have. So focus on those and don't make it too complicated and don't make it you know too overbearing. And also don't come from a perspective of the mistakes they've made, but from the opportunities that you can work with, which really leads into um, you know what you're talking about when I talk about next, and that is misidentifying the problems. And give me some thoughts on misidentification of the problem. So I've actually had some experiences with this where I'll have somebody trying to coach me. And this was way back when I worked. I worked with... Uh, a company a long time ago and it was retail and you know we tell stories and not secrets so i'm not going to tell you what company it was but uh so i was there and i i was brand new at this and brand new at the company but it, they had these little scanning machines that i really didn't know how to work so my my boss comes up to me and says hey um here's what i want you to do here's what i think what do you think about how this should be done and I look at I looked at her and looked down at this little scanning machine. I was like, I'm guess I'm gonna turn this thing on to start with, and <laughs> and and that's all I knew. But it was interpreted as I was being a little smart aleck with her. <laughs> One of the things that we tend to do as coaches is we think that almost every moment is this growing. Well, almost every moment is not what we think it is, or we think we know every. Moment. Sorry. And so we identify what the actual problem is. It's the wrong thing. An example of this is saying, Roy, I want you to be able to make your own decisions, but I'm going to make all the decisions for you. So I'm not giving you the mm. tools you need to make decisions, even though that's my expectation. So we view right. that as we're coaching successfully. 
I, I did what I was supposed to do and empower this person, set the right things, set the right goals for them. But instead, what happened is we took away the resources they needed to do the job. So whenever you're identifying problems, a good way to look at this is figure out, is this from aptitude, attitude, or available resources? So aptitude, do they know how to do the job? Do they have the skill set? Attitude, do they maybe not want to do the job or do they have a bad view of that job or bad attitude towards it? And then available resources, do they just simply not have the equipment? Not all of those are coachable situations. Some of those are, okay, we need to buy a new computer for this person because they can't effectively do anything with this computer. Right. Yeah, and I've I've got another way, another coach gave me that, you know, we were talking about attitude and aptitude and other obstacles. It's just kind of an easier way for our audience's hill, will, and skill. Um, you know, do they have the skill to do the job or they have the willingness to do the job? And is there any obstacle in the way to do that? So hill, will, and skill is a great way to just simplify that uh, for, po- for folks because you talked about attitude, uh, aptitude, and then the last Available thing is, resources. you know, resources. Yeah. Right. And resources can be a hill. It can be an obstacle. It can be any of those kinds of things. So, uh, you know, you make a really great point on, on that. And I think that's just a, a great way to, to, uh, you know, do we make it easier for them, and and also do they have the resources that they do uh, from that perspective? And there's a so excellent. There's a great book on that. It's a Manager's Guide to Coaching by Brian Emerson. It's one of my favorite books on coaching. And there's actually a map on on a page in this book that says, if it's aptitude, ask this question. Go to this step. Go to this step, and it takes you through the whole process of identifying a problem. I went through this with a client, and they turned their their team from one of the lowest performing teams to one of the top performing teams in the company. And they didn't go through the whole coaching process yet. They just went through identifying the problems. And mm-hmm. when they went through identifying the problems and understood exactly what they were, they were able to work toward, toward solutions more effectively. It was really effective misidentifying the problem or identifying the problem. Yeah, that's a great point. That's an excellent point. Thank you. So you were talking about prescribing rather than coaching. And I'm assuming what you mean by that is you come up with the solution for them? Uh, absolutely. To say because of your brilliance and because of your all-knowing nature. So uh, you're talking to me, right? Don't get me wrong. When you say that. You... <laughs> I, I felt like that was directed I'm at me. To... So. <laughs> no, no, no. It's actually directed at me. I'll give you my first experience ah, as a manager. Okay. I loved it. I was I was managing an organization. We had about seven people. but uh, And... You know, they learned very, very quickly that they could uh, do reverse delegation. And so uh, one of the first things they did to me was they said, oh, here's the mail. You probably want to sort it and give it to everybody. And so I did for a while. And then I began to ask myself, this is pretty stupid. You know, uh, one of the frontline <laughs> folks can do this. There's no reason for me to do this. And so it goes back to the question of, you know, only do what only you can do. So if you can delegate it or, or give it to someone else, you need to work at the highest level that you can for the organization so you can help the organization move forward. And But the other side of the coin is, too, I, I had one day, and this was the turning point for me. I had like five or seven employees. Well, we had seven employees total. One employee was out in the lobby running the organization. Uh, the other five were literally lined up in a hallway outside my office wanting to ask me what to do. And it was such a great ego perspective uh, God, it's just great to kind of people come up to you and say, oh, what do you think we should do? Or how do you think we should approach this? Yeah. Or where do you think we go from here? It's just such an ego stroke. It's just so wonderful. Uh, but then I also recognized that they were basically reverse delegating. They were basically coming to me and said, how do we do this? And if you tell me how to do it, then if it's wrong, it's your mistake. 
And that way they don't have to have any accountability. They can say, you were the one that made this decision. And then you end up making all the decisions for the entire organization. Uh, after that happened, uh, I soon realized that prescribing and giving them solution is not the way to coach. And I started to, you know, kind of down my journey of looking at coaching from the perspective of how can I make this better? So I just think that's uh, one of the important keys is don't prescribe, truly ask questions. What, what would they do if you weren't here? How would they handle it? Uh, asking those. So prescribing rather than coaching is a, is a big one, uh, which also leads to really kind of a, the next thing we want to talk about is, you know, I've got five or seven people lined up outside my door. I'm going to rush the process pretty quickly, which really goes into transitions well into our next topic, and that is rushing rushing the session. So give me some of your thoughts on, you know, why is this a mistake of coaching, rushing the session? So one of the things that is tough whenever you're in an office situation specifically is you have your phone. Going. You have emails popping. You've got other things that you're thinking about, and when you don't make coaching a priority and you don't make the person front of you a priority, then you're not making growth a priority. And to your point about prescribing, I think that a lot of coaches who do rush the session, they prescribe more than they ask questions to figure out what the perspective is of the employee. Because it's easier. And when you start mm -hmm. rushing the conversation, one I think a few things could happen. One of those things is you don't get to the root of the problem. So I could say, well, you know, I really hate that Roy Roland guy. And then I could, and there are people who say that. Trust me. <laughs> That's true. I haven't heard them yet, but if they do, I won't rush the coaching to, session. You didn't have to agree with that. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You didn't have to agree with that, but yeah, yeah, right. So, so one of the things is that may not be the actual problem. The actual problem be, may be that I'm in the wrong spot, or you know, it could be any number of things. But if you're roach, rushing that coaching session. Instead, what can happen is we treat the symptom and not the actual problem. One of the things that is one of the best things that I can tell people is to silence your phone and turn off the monitor on your Because I, I've done it before where I'm looking at my computer, a message will pop up and I take a peek at it. Not, not meaning I'm going to respond, but I pulled my attention away from that person and told them right then that they're not the number one priority. Mm-hmm. It, it, absolutely right. I, I interviewed Erica Keswin, who is a Wall Street Journal bestselling author of a book called uh, Bring Your Human to Work. And she referenced in that interview that actually if you just have your cell phone on the table, uh, your your ab ability to focus drops you know, significantly. Yeah. So just having the phone on your table, even if it's turned over and you can't see it, it's there. It, it's it's you're kind of watching. It's almost like a baby is, you know, well, the baby's sleeping, but it could wake up. And you just have that mindset of always being attentive to it. And so therefore, you're you're not focused and you're not being present exactly uh, to the folks. And uh, in the in the listeners notes on this one, what I'll do is I'll also reference another podcast I did, which is 70 hours of easy. And it really goes back to the point that you're making here where you're rushing the session or you're not really coaching, you're not prescribing it to them, or you're not giving them the opportunity to truly make a decision on what they want to do. So I'll actually reference it in the, in the listeners notes on this one. They may want to listen to 70 hours of easy, which is uh, another important key uh, with that. one. And, and so we've got one last idea. Well, here, let right? me add one more thing really quick, Roy. For sure. You talked about dumping earlier, and that can also make right. you rush a coaching session. So when you come into a coaching mm. session, keep it to about one to two issues only. 
You know, if you've got something right. you want to bring up to somebody, keep it to one, because if you go through a ton, you're definitely going to rush. That's exactly right. And so we made it make sure that it, we take our time, focus on them, and don't rush to the session, exactly. which brings us up to our last and final seventh mistakes to avoid, and that is denial. Yep. So often, and, and this one is uh, we live in the land of denial, and, and this one is both from the perspective of we deny that we might be part of the problem or we deny our opportunity to grow ourselves, that, that we don't have a fault. I love managers who say, what can I do to help you? But is there anything I do to in- impede your ability? Do I, do I step in Ooh. the way? Do I do something that, that makes it difficult for you to do your job effectively? And so that denial that, you know, now that we're a manager, we're all perfect. And boy, that can be just a huge, huge mistake with folks. And I've heard you say this over and over again, but it's all about getting the ego out of the way, right? Absolutely. It's not about you. It's about them. And really a great paradox. A lot of people think that by being ambitious and striving for success is the way to climb the corporate ladder. And really it is being ambitious and driven for your folks. The more that you can grow your folks, the more you can grow the people below you, guess what? The more you're going to be elevated. It's not because of your drive or your desire to climb the ladder, but helping other people climb the ladder, then guess what? You become more valuable to your great organization. And that's really a great paradox of, of organizations. And it's a great paradox of your career. So I just think that's that's a very, very important key. So we'll wrap up, unless you've got any last thoughts on that one, and we'll wrap up and, and re, kind of reiterate the top seven mistakes people need to avoid in coaching. Yeah, the only thing I could say with you is we've made the mistakes too. So if you are making any of the mistakes on this list as a listener, you're fine. You make the adjustments and keep going. <laughs> Don't say, oh, man, I'm number two. I quit. Yourself, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you make a great point. Not only do we want to coach our people for potential, but we want to see a potential in ourselves. Right. And by trying by trying something new, guess what? You're like a toddler who's trying to learn how to walk. Yeah. They're going to be wobbly. They're not going to be very good at it. They're going to, you know, they're going to struggle. And you're going to be that way too. And it's okay to go up that learning curve as a coach and recognize that. So I think that's a great point that you make there and such a such an important key. Just be patient with yourself because recognize your potential and you're going to learn these skills over time. It doesn't come naturally. I, I talk about leadership is it's a learned skill, but it's an unnatural learned skill. It's not the thing that you would think of first. You would think of typically telling people what to do, but to truly learn how to lead in a coaching method, it's an unnatural learned skill. But recognize the unnatural part is, guess what? You're going to do it differently. That is very good. So the top seven mistakes. Um, the first one is is delay. You just put it off and you go, oh, well, this will fix itself or it'll get better. And, and that doesn't happen. And the second one, Clinton, was? Asking questions the wrong way. Going to why, asking rhetorical questions. Absolutely right. And the third one is just dumping on them. You wait and wait and wait, and then all of a sudden you've got your Christmas lifts of, of, uh, of mistakes. It's like uh, it's like Seinfeld. Gosh, what was the episode in Seinfeld? And they were talking about list your list of grievances. Oh, you know. Oh, you're talking about Festivus. Uh, Festivus for the rest yeah, of us. Absolutely, yes. Festivus. <laughs> Festivus for the rest of us. You got to have your list of grievances, you know, uh, boom. That's right. And you're going to settle those. And yeah, so that's really what dumping is. And then the fourth one is misidentifying the problem. And we'll just add Festivus as three and a half for everybody. But number four is misidentifying <laughs> the problem. Uh, and that is right. coaching, maybe where it's a situation that needs training or you need to buy them a new something like that. Make sure you're right. identifying the correct problem before you start trying to take action. 
Absolutely. And the fifth one here is prescribing rather the coaching. You're just, you know, you're just going to tell them what to do. Uh, it's great for the ego and it's great for to be on the throne, but it really isn't a coaching method and that'll keep you from it. And then the sixth one is rushing the session. Just let's get it. Go ahead and go to seven then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well done, man. Wow. So, and there's your representation of what number six is and don't do that. That's the summary for number six. But for real, focus on the person, your part, your people, your team is the number one priority. That's how you get things done. So don't rush this. Yeah, don't rush the sessions. And then the next one is obviously uh, living in the land of denial that you're perfect. You're the manager. You've arrived. You're all fixed and that you need to fix your folks. Uh, recognize that you need feedback too in order to get better to be a great manager. So with those seven, go out and be a great coach. So Clinton, thank you very much for helping us with our podcast today. It was a great discussion and I wish everyone out there in listener land have a great day. Thank you, Clinton. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. So that's your conversation with Clinton Wilson. That was it. And we just talked about the things that impact folks and, you know, just rushing a conversation or you know, not really listening in depth, being present, all those things can be major mistakes. And uh, I just thought he brought a, a lot of concept to it, a lot of ideas to it, and just wanted to share it with folks. And it really is something that we've all made those mistakes in the past. And we have certainly had employers that do those mistakes. Right. Um, but just fine-tuning it will help. Another great way to fine-tune your coaching is contacting you. Absolutely. So how can people do that? Uh, there's a couple of ways we can do that is uh, at RoyRoland.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-O-W-L-A-N-D.com. And uh, also Coaching Managers University, we've got a, a coaching tool uh, that we've put together. And it's an, actually an online learning tool. And people can get a hold of that, too. So if they want to get a hold of me, uh, just go to RoyRoland.com, reach out to me, and we'll help them do that. All right. Well, thanks a lot for um, everything, Rory. And thanks for listening, folks. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.